Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. Might as well put a smile on on you. Rejoice until the trial just passes. You can't rebuild in the middle of the trial. You can't rebuild in the middle of the storm. You can't rebuild in the middle of a hurricane. You got to wait until the storm passes by. And once you feel the peace, God will start recreating every single thing that you need that you had a future on or you fixed yourself on something that you wanted. It's coming, but it takes time. I think the most, the best thing that could ever happen to you is that God is in charge of your life. And when you start learning his ways, then you start saying, now I got it. God is a good God and he's creating things for me. Come on, somebody. Yes. Yes. Amen. And, and I'm excited because of the baptisms. We're going to baptize, I think it's 18 or 15, something like that. So we're going to hold some of them down a little longer. Especially people that I know that need it a little longer. And since Pastor Soto is going to do it, until Soto, take your time on this one. That way when you come up, you come up different. Amen. I was doing uh, last week on joining together in the harvest, and as we join together, how God creates a healthy church, and a healthy church creates healthy people. If if you have a good family, you create healthy family, and even though they get rebellious, they'll come back later, but you've done a good job, and you took your time, and God still moves upon their lives, so don't freak out today. If you say, man, my kids are gone and they acted all rebellious, say, they'll be back. They'll be back. They always come back. And God will always do something brand new in their lives. Amen. So by saying that, I want to read a scripture in the book of Psalms 133, verse 1. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Say with me, together in unity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together. I pray your grace upon us. I pray your love upon us. I pray that you will deal with us. Open up our eyes so that we could be better people, Father. We want to grow, and we want to grow right, but we got to grow in you. I ask you this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Last week, I I mentioned that the oil that fell down from from when they anointed Aaron, that the oil fell down all the way to his beard and all the way down. And I believe that God is anointing anointing his people. You're anointed ones. Say with me, I'm an anointed one. So that means that God has given you favor between you and him. 
And not only that, he is creating a new you. You know, we used to be crazy out there, but now God's creating a new you. And then sometimes it takes time, but the most beautiful thing that happens to you is when you learn how to speak well, when you learn how to edify people, when you learn how to encourage people, then you know that something good has taken place in your heart. And not only that, forgiving the ones that have done you wrong. Sometimes people have done us wrong and we want to tear them up. I remember one guy from the home, he was okay, and then he decided to break into my house. And uh, Stella and I went into the house, and it was all tore up. And I said, who did this? My kids were all nervous. I said, that's okay. We'll find out. Let's just fix it. Let's pray, and let's keep it together. And lo and behold, I found out who it was. And years later, I went to preach in India, and he was sitting in the second row. And that my mind choked the dude. <laughs> Kill him now for all the damage that he's done to your children and your wife and your house. And all of a sudden, I heard that little voice say, go give him a hug and forgive him. And do you know that I went and gave him a hug and forgave him? And as I had my arms around him, I said, man, just don't do that again because this is the last hug you're getting. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but I felt like saying that. <laughs> so God wants us to come together and become healthy. And I think one of the, I've covered a lot of things, and you could hear the last message, but I want to start off on being sharpened together. In the book of Proverbs, verse 27, I mean chapter 27, verse 17, it says these words, iron sharpens iron, so uh, uh, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So let's take a picture. Iron sharpens iron, right? In the old times when they were going to fight and they didn't have like a whetstone, they would sharpen their soul, swords with each other's swords because they were metal. And they would get them really, really sharp. And here the scripture is saying that you ought to be a man that learns how to sharpen people. The most important thing is to have a person in front of you and to love them. And as he's learning, you are literally using your words of wisdom to sharpen your brother and to make him better than what he is. And that takes time and takes skill because we want to see our brothers make it or we want to see our sisters make it or we want to see our family make it. But it takes a man and a woman full of the word of God that has been sharpened himself that can sharpen others. So we want, to sharp, we want to sharpen our families. And how do we sharpen them? By not being so darn spiritual, but showing our love towards them. When you show your love to a person, they open up their heart. And when they open up their heart, then you can start sharpening little by little and, and their minds begin to change because now you're using the method of love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Don't you thank God that somebody told you about Jesus and was patient enough to tell you about him? And God wants us to, to come into that place where we begin to be sharpeners, not cutting them, but sharpening them. 
And sharpening takes skills. So you and I have to learn how to use words. Because with words, we communicate every single thing that we need to communicate inside of a person's heart. Now, I'll give you the secret. You want to really touch your family? Get into your closet. Begin to pray and ask God, give me a perfect time where I can talk to my friends, where I can talk to my mom and dad, where I can bring them into Christ and that way, when you come out of that closet, you come out of there dressed with the power of God. You're sharp in your mind. You're sharp in your word. You're clean in your spirit. And you're asking wisdom from God so that you could use sharp words that will penetrate their hearts. I remember my wife, she wasn't too sanctified at first time, the first time I got saved. But she wasn't sanctified. I mean, she didn't even know God. She graduated from Catholic school. And the top great, she was a wise woman. And I remember I was in the home, and one day she decided to come and visit me at the church, and I was with the home. And uh, she was looking around, and then uh, she had permission to see if she could sit with me. And the, and the leader gave her permission to sit with me. And I remember she was next to me, and I was like, oh, man. And she's looking at me, and then she turns around and looks around and looks at all the girls, and then she says, you're in here because you got a girlfriend. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, my God, please, Lord, help me. And then she starts picking on me on everything that I did in the past in front of people and all the men. And she's starting to get louder. And Sister Stella was soft-spoken, but before she was sanctified, before she was saved, she was a loud person. And then she started yelling, and I'm getting embarrassed, and I got her next to me. I said, oh, my God, Lord, I feel like punching her right now. Just, I feel like knocking her out. And I, I lifted up my hands towards heaven, and I said, God, help me, Jesus. Put a wall right here, or else I'm going to go crazy and knock her out. Put a wall, and literally God put a spiritual wall, and all I could hear was, quick, 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 quick. I said, thank you, Jesus, you're so good. But that started her journey. She made the altar call that night. I went outside, and I said, oh, you're saved, Stella. And she says, yeah, I, I accepted Jesus, but I'm going to pay you back for everything you've done to me. And says, and I'm going back to my church. I said, oh, okay, bye-bye, bye. And I went and prayed for her, and I said, Lord, touch her wherever she's at. Do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to serve you regardless if she leaves, regardless if she does me wrong. I'm still going to serve you, God. It doesn't matter. I found something that is better than Stella. And, and, and then she came back, and she made the altar call, and she really got saved. Thank God that I was using wisdom with my words even though I wanted to say something else. How many have ever wanted to say something else and God just puts a zipper in your mouth like, shut up, don't say it, you're going to ruin the fruit. So iron sharpens iron. Then we started getting into skillfulness of teaching each other, teaching each other as a couple, learning how to talk to each other without cursing, 
without using the words in the, the old way we used to use them. But now we started being one, and we started getting sharper and sharper, but the word got us sharper and sharper, and then when we started evangelizing, then we started going after souls, and we felt the love of God to love souls, the ones that nobody wanted. That's the ones we wanted, and that's the way, the, those are the ones that God wanted, and we just followed the leading of the Lord, and pretty soon, generation upon generation, we reached so many souls, so many souls, that God has been so good to us, but I'm telling you, wisdom starts with using your words. Using your words and being sharp in your words, not offensive, but sharp in your words to really be used by God to bring people to the Lord. Second of all, we're going to have to learn how to encourage people. And when I think about encouragement, I think about my old bicycle that I used to ride and I used to get flat. So in those days, they had those pumps. Remember those pumps, that, that the old time pumps? It wasn't those automatic pumps. It was the working pump. And you used to take that little thing off of the, the wheel and then strap on the pump and then you used to pump it. And then feel it. And then feel, oh, it's okay. And then take it out and then right away put that thing on the little valve on top of it. And, and that's the way it is when you encourage people. Because people, all of the time, they're down. We need to get them up. They're always thinking of their problems. They're always nagging about things that they shouldn't be nagging. But now we should use our words that are sharp, but that are beautiful, but they can encourage you. How many have ever been around people that encouraged you, that made you feel better? That That's the kind of people we need. A healthy church creates an environment of healthy people, pumping people up instead of them going down. If I get next to you, I'm going to make sure that I make you laugh. I'm going to make sure that you're okay. I'm going to ask a few questions. And when I know the questions, then I'm going to start putting the word of God inside of you and start praying for you and believing God that you're going to become a better person. Because if God can make me better, God can make you better. And God can do anything that he needs to do because he loves us so much. But we got to stay encouraged. Can you say amen to that? In the book of Hebrews... In the book of Hebrews, I want to read you a scripture in Hebrews chapter 3. And I put a big old paper here to make me go to Hebrews fast. And now I don't know where my paper went, but I found Hebrews. Listen to it. Hebrews chapter two, 3, verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today lest any of you be hindered through deceitfulness of sin. We are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginnings of, the, of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hearken, uh, will hearken to his voice, harden not your heart as in the day of provocation. Notice the word exhorting, exhorting one another. That means if, you cre if you're sitting down and you start learning how to know the person that you're knowing, start encouraging them. Start pumping them up. And they tell you, well, I did this and I did that and I failed here. No, 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 get up. 
I'm going to pump you up like I used to pump that little tire. I'm going to get that thing and pump you up in the Holy Ghost that God is still for you. He's not against you. He loves you so much. You made mistakes, but that's why he died for you on the cross. And that's why the blood of Jesus has power. So you get up and you're going to become better. Learn through your trial. And the next trial, you're going to become better. And the next one, you're going to become better because God is fashioning you in his image. So don't get deceived by the world because the world always wants to deceive, dis, destroy you by being deceived. So you and I have to come into a place that we deal with our issues called sin. Because sometimes we make mistakes with sin and you think that it's all over, that God left you. He hasn't left you. I'm here to tell you he's not. He has not left you. All you have to say, God, forgive me. I made a mistake. Help me. And if you got a friend, you can hang on to that friend. Friend, pray for me. I don't need to be judged right now. I know what I did. But now I need to just give myself to God again. I learned my lesson. Come on, give Jesus a clap, Bob, because that's where we live. That's where we live. <clears throat> but I want to use another word called restoration. And I want to go into Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. And I love this chapter. I love this chapter. But I don't feel like the church has grown into this place. Our, our people have learned this and learned this and, and we're getting there. And I think that we're going to get sharper because we're doing the word, not just hearing the word. Now listen to what Paul is saying. He says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Let me read it again a little slower. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, if a man has fallen, you could put a woman fallen in a fault, Whatever it might be. Now listen carefully. He which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. So that means that there are people that are not spiritual. Correct? You that are spiritual, correct such a person in the spirit of meekness. So we as a church, if we're going to be healthy, we're going to have to grow up and have a spirit of restoration. In other words, nothing is impossible with God. I've seen some crazy people come to me, and today they're serving God. They fell away, but I loved them and loved them and loved them. Even while they were stumbling, I loved them and loved them and helped them and said, come on, come on, you're going to make it. And I restored them back to their place and their position and now they have become restorers because they know what the word is to restore. So we need more restorers, restoring people. That's what we need. It's like the old furniture that you like. And you say, I want to keep that old piece of furniture because it's so beautiful. Yeah, well, you got to strip it down. You got to re-varnish it. You got to go down to the wood and restore it to make it look beautiful again. Well, the same way God does for us with one person that has patience enough to put up with the 
to be with them and to accomplish uh, the task that God has given you. And you're using your words to bring them back to restoration. And you're using your prayers. And pretty soon, you, all of a sudden, they're standing up. They're shining. They're powerful. And they're back to where they belong. Why? Because you're spiritual in order to restore. Now, being spiritual, it means that you read the word. You live the word. That means that you have grown in the things of God. That means that you have a, a good spirit to restore people and not destroy people. And that's what it means. So there are not too many people that can restore people because they're not there. Some people think they're perfect. Thank God in this church we have nobody perfect. <laughs> nobody perfect. And if you raise your hand that you're perfect, you just destroyed all of us. We're perfect. The word perfect means to be mature, to be mature. So you're a restorer because you're mature and you understand the laws of God, that God never leaves you. There's only one sin that God doesn't forgive, and that's the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. When you say, I hate the Holy Spirit, I don't want the Holy Spirit, and you reject it totally, some people say that, but they don't mean it in their heart. But when they mean it in their heart and they say it, I've seen a couple of them that God is not there no more because they quenched it. They rejected it when God was loving them. But that takes a long time because we have a loving God. Can you say amen? So tell your neighbors, time to restore people, neighbor. Then he gives you how to do it with meekness, meekness, gentleness, kindness, meekness. Meekness means power under control. Meekness means power under control. That means that when you want to say something bad, you don't say it. How many know that's hard to do? So to be meek is to hold your words, rethink your words, and put out some good words that are going to be lasting. So meekness means power under control. And believe me, when you can control your tongue, you can control anything. Let me say it again. When you can control your tongue, you can control anything. How many here have ever been tested with your tongue? Somebody's done something and, oh, man, you just like, oh, you're blowing up. And, and, uh, Lord, make me mute. And you want to say it and you can't say it. And God says, don't say it, don't say it. Love. And you have to walk away. And believe me, when you have a spirit of meekness, you can conquer a whole city. Look at Moses, how the meekest man in the world, in the face of the earth. Meekest because he was controlling his words. And sometimes he misused his words and he paid for it. And he learned to be more meek by his failures. How many have seen the messes that you made with your words? How many girls are you? Have you ever been mad at your boyfriend or, 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 or your husband and you just let him have it? 
Don't, don't pick up your hands or anything. I'm, I'm good with just a hey. <laughs> and, and then when you said everything and you look back, you say, oh, I should have never done that. Because I really love those people. I should have never done that. Don't you thank God for that person that you did that to all of a sudden comes to you and says, it's okay. I love you anyway. That's your husband calling you. You did something to him. <laughs> he wants to tell you, listen to pastor. No, no. With the spirit of meekness, self-control. Self-control, especially with words. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You've got to consider yourself. If you know you're not strong enough to help that person and to bring them to that place, stay away. If you feel that you're not spiritual enough to restore that person, stay away. Get somebody else stronger. Send somebody else and go. Let him go or let her go. And you just pray until you learn. Until you learn. Once you learn then God can do something in your life to restore. Now listen to, this is all restoring. Okay? Listen to verse 2. Bear ye one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. When somebody tells you what they need prayer for, or yeah, what they need prayer for, and they're sincere in their confession to you, it's up to you not to say nothing about that person. Take it up before God because now you're carrying that burden and you're helping your sister, you're helping your brother, and you're taking that burden to God. You're not telling all the church. The church, it doesn't matter, or the, all their neighbors or anybody. What matters is this is between one person to another and to God, you're giving those burdens up. Giving those burdens up. How many of you have ever heard burdens it's, it's like carrying a big bag on you. And you carry those burdens, they're so heavy. And that's why Jesus said, Peter said, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. So you need to go to that place and just be a burdened person that gives those things to God, not to people. Not to people. Don't become Sister 911, I mean 411. <laughs> or Brother 411. So we have to learn how to carry those burdens and be quiet and just pray about it. Look at verse 3. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Self-deception. Where you don't want nobody talking to you because you, you're the man. You're the man. You know it all. You're the Bible answer man. Now, I, I've seen a lot of guys know a lot of scripture, but they're so proud that you can't talk to them. I had a yellow nape Amazon. He was beautiful. He was this big. Everybody that came to my house thought he was born again. Every morning he would say, pastors, pastors, go to work. Then he would say it in Spanish, pastores, pastores, van a trabajar. And they said, man, that bird is safe. He's born again. I said, stick your finger in there. See how born again he is. 
he'll bite that finger right off. And that's the way a lot of people are. They're like the yellow nape Amazon. They, they're deceived that they don't need to know nothing because they know it all. Let me tell you something. You better be careful because God will humble you. If he humbled Nebuchadnezzar and put him out as an animal, took away his kingdom and gave him discipline for seven years, don't you think that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He will deal with our self-deception. Listen to verse 4. But let every, let every man prove himself own works that when he that then shall he have rejoiced in himself alone and not in others. In other words, pay attention to who you are. That's what it's saying. Let every man prove him. His, I'm sorry, his own works. Then shall he have rejoiced in himself alone and not in another. Knowing who you are and then being happy. You rejoice that you're a good person and that you're living what you're preaching. Isn't that crazy? Now, let me read number five because this gets better. For every man shall bear his own burden. Come on. You know, some of you are crying on somebody else's shoulder. Man up. Carry your own burden. Let me say it again. Man up. Carry your own burden. When you carry your own burden, you're not putting it in anybody else. Why? Because now you're learning who you are and you know who God is and he can take your burden away. It's nice to see people like that. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Are you okay? Okay. Let, listen to verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. All good things. So a healthy church speaks healthy words. Say it with me. A healthy church speaks healthy words. That means that when you see your brother, how are you, brother? And his brother starts, well, I got this. That's okay. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's make this place a spiritual hospital. Tell me about it. Let's pray about it. And let's believe God and let's bind the devil together and let's have great victories in the house of God because we love each other. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to have a judgmental thing. We love you. You're human. You're going to make mistakes. But we're here to embrace you and love you and just help you move yourself on so that you can be a better person. A better person. So once we become better we can do a whole lot of things for God. Listen to verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't deceive yourself. Say, say it with me. Don't deceive yourself. God knows everything. So don't be hiding. It's better that you confess it instead of hiding it. Right? It's better to confess it because it's going to catch up to you. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Whatever you sow. If you sow good things, you're going to reap good things. If you sow bad things, 
You're going to sow bad. I mean, you're going to reap bad things. So I want to just use words to help people, to love people. I, I rejoice when I see you or anybody else. I rejoice. My, my spirit lights up to see you doing good. I want to hug you and say, man, thank God for you. I just, just love to see you well, healthy. I've gone through a lot, but I'm still here. I love to hear those words because it makes me feel like I'm listening to warriors. It makes me feel like you're, you're, you're one of those warriors that's got a knife on your, on your teeth and you're dressed in fatigues and you're like, here I am. I'm a mean warrior, but I'm a gentle spirit because I'm a warrior, you know? How about gays? Can gays change? I had a, a bunch of people that were into the gay stuff, and they came in, you know, dressed up and everything, and everybody wanted to eat them up. You know, everybody would say, what are you doing here? And all that. I told them, hey, you're welcome here. Come here. They all got saved. They all got saved. And today, they still call me. Hey, we're still born again. I got married. I got three kids. Hallelujah. I never mistreated them. As a matter of fact, when I saw them walk in, I, I put my guys around them and I said, don't let anybody destroy these people. Don't let them. Don't let them. And, and I didn't let nobody destroy them. And I dealt with them. And Stella dealt with them. We dealt with them and dealt with them. Finally, they got freed. And they're married. They're walking around having their own businesses. So God can take care of anything when we have a healthy church. And the reason why I surrounded them is because I, I had a bunch of lowriders. And, what's up with all these gays? Shut up, shut up. Just go to the back and sit there. Let me... Let me take care of God's business. They're souls. They're human beings that have been abused. So I had to take care of them. And they're making it today. A healthy church produces healthy people. It's not just about lowriders. It's not just about Chicano. It's about everybody in the world. Everybody in the world. I just saw the video of Michael Daco. You know Michael Daco. I've had him here. He's in England. He had a breakthrough. I said, where'd you get all these people? He says, I've just been preaching God and being loving and kind to them. And man, they got all kinds of African, Indonesia, I mean, and, and English people. And they all talk English, you know, the English accent. Having a big barbecue and there they are. I told them, hey, save me a steak. They tell those black brothers to save me a steak. <laughs> and to see that, you don't produce that just with words. I mean, you do, but it's out of the heart, the love that you show and that you care for people. You care for people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cada quien con la suya. That means every man with his own wife. That's what I said. So I, I want to see a healthy church. We're going to see people baptized as we see them there in that little pool there. I think we ought to be there and just give them a clap offering because we were baptized. We, we buried the old man. We, we should be there celebrating with them and saying, you know what, we're all for you. We're so happy that you've been born again. See, 
When, when, when you're not born again, you show it in your face. You got a cara de hacha. You got a, a face that a mother could love. The only thing that a mother could love. But, you know, it's funny how we are as humans. We walk in the church and we, we want to put it up front. And, and you, you can't put a front in God. God. God knows who you are. And God loves you just the way you are. And it doesn't matter. I've, I've seen people that are hardcore. I've seen people that are s- simple people. I've seen people of all styles of people. And yet I see when they want God, they just open up their hearts. And they tell me, I just want him. I just want him. I'm tired of living in sin. And that's what they tell me. Well, what am I supposed to do with such a sincere heart? Lead them to the Lord because they're so sincere. I like sincere people. They're easy to work with. The hard ones are always when you're hiding everything. You got a million masks. <laughs> you, know, you know how we are. We're good. Hollywood ha- hasn't seen nothing yet. They ought to come to La Marada. <laughs> we know how to fake it. But we want a healthy church. So I want you to stand with me because I don't want to take too long. I want you to stand with me with you. As, and I, I, I just want you to right now hold hands if you can with somebody. Just hold hands. And we're going to pray for each other. Can we do that? Even if you're brand new here, thank you for coming. But we're going to pray for a, 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 a Holy Ghost time right now. Yes. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand here before your presence. And Lord Jesus, right now, as we're holding hands, whoever it might be, I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that you will become real for them, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you will break every yoke every bondage in the name of Jesus, Father. Release a beautiful presence, a beautiful glory upon our lives, oh God. And right now, I ask you for forgiveness of all of our sins, oh God, especially the original sin, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you take it right off of us and your blessing will be rich in this place. Now, come on, just speak in tongues and just speak out loud and let your prayers be known. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering. Come on. Give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.